Oh, man. I already gave you a little preview and I didn't mean to. Welcome to the Side Talks podcast. I have a little gift for Corey today. And it's it's coming up on one of these stupid social media things that I can't, I don't know how to operate. So are you ready? I guess. I know. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's see if we can do it. For the people of Puerto Rico. We love Puerto Rico. Why did he say it like that? Why does he do anything <laughs> he does he and say anything what? he says? It's so whispery and weird, too. Um, I have to tell you, when I saw that, I, first of all, I watched it and listened to it like 40 times recently. I was just like, what a re-? For some reason, I'm just obsessed with it. And, and it made me think of you, Corey. Um, Why? I just knew it would get under your skin. But here's the other thing. I have it, been outspoken about my dislike of Donald Trump. It, it made me think... Is it all performance art? It's kind of like I get when I'm watching a Gary Marshall film. I'm like, is this is this working on another level that maybe we don't know? Is it is it freaking performance art, y'all? I mean, the oh, deeply regrettable thing about <laughs> Donald Trump, as, apart from the fact that he's a, a maniac, uh, fascist demagogue, um, and I know our listeners love it when we immediately go, start with politics, politics, by the way. But the, the really unfortunate thing about Donald Trump is that as evil as he is, he's also really fucking funny. Like, You're really funny. For the people of Puerto Rico. We love Puerto Rico. We are also praying. <laughs> like, I hate that, but it is objectively hilarious. Yeah, and I love that he keeps saying it. It's not just once. Oh, anyway, um, this is not a Donald Trump podcast, pro or con, really. It's uh, it's just a podcast about movies, and you know, just like everybody else in the world, we like to we like to laugh every once in a while. And, and who do you turn to but the former president of the United States of America to do that? Yeah, what's up, ding dongs? I hope he dies in jail. My name's Corey Kraft. Oh, hey, here's the other thing. My friend Alex, who listens to the podcast, hey Alex, sent me a photo and uh-huh. with like forty laughing emojis, and it was of all the files in his bathroom. But her point wasn't just the files are in the bathroom. She goes. Look at the trash can, which, by the way, Google image search that and absolutely do look at the trash can. How is this man as wealthy as he is? And that is the trash can. I'm going to put it that way. Okay. I didn't what notice the trash can. Rico. I was appalled by the flippant treatment of, <laughs> of national secrets. But Not me and my friends, Corey. We're looking for the trash can, dude. He is. He's a tacky bitch. I mean, he's just he's this just is tacky. beyond. I've got a better looking trash can at my community college office. <laughs> Um. Anyway, let's talk about movies. Not, okay. not Trump. All right. Not Trump. But we could talk about what a real. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. Okay. Are you ready for the Sam? I don't think you know what we're about to do. Go ahead and start the timer, Brad, because I, I don't feel good about this. I really don't. Um. I feel good about my stance. I don't feel good about my preparedness for this argument. I've been running a bit. We are arguing about Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie. From 1964, starring Tippi Hedren, infamously starring Tippi Hedren. Who I love. And uh, and Sean Connery, um, who is... A creeper. Super creepy in this movie in ways that I don't know how intentional it is. I don't know what the movie's position on Connery's character is. And that is one of the things that I think makes the movie kind of a yeah, masterpiece. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Ooh, I de- the word masterpiece. So here's the thing. Okay. I, 
I, I think a lot of times, and, and I, I don't think you're going to disagree with us. Uh-huh. We go, it's Hitchcock, it's Hitchcock, it's Scorsese, it's Scorsese, it's Kubrick, it's Kubrick. We just going to love it. We're going to love it no matter what. And the further we, we get away from the era in which these directors are working, the more we just embrace, embrace, embrace. Hitchcock is not always great. And no. this is an example of when Hitchcock is not great, and I would argue not very good. Mm, I don't think this is an example. I think yeah. there are other examples. I, I've, I've spent the last um, the last few days of 2022 uh, and the first few days of this year watching a bunch of Hitchcocks that I hadn't seen before, and some of them I was less impressed with than, than others. Like, To Catch a Thief is kind of a big, beautiful, right, beautifully made uh, slog of a movie, but, but this feels like a slog. Marnie, to me. Marnie doesn't feel like a slog to me because Marnie is so psychologically fucked up and ambiguous. Then watch and Vertigo or watch Notorious. Those are both. Those are better movies. Those are better films that that kind of play in the same playground. I think that this is Hitchcock working out his male. Bullshit. I mean, and possibly. that's what gets under my skin about it. It's not. It's not interesting enough for us to be for him to indulge himself. No, like I this. disagree. I think this is Hitchcock telling on himself in ways that I'm not even sure Ugh. he knew he was doing. I think you're bringing so much grace. I think. I think it's not a very good film. I think it's a little sloppy. I think it's way too long. I think it's a bit boring. Mm. I think you know the performances are okay. I'm not going to argue Hedren with that. Hedren is astounding. In she's this movie. she's good, and there are some scenes. That's the other thing. I a film is not just two good scenes, right? Mm-hmm. A film is is everything that and whether or not it comes together and 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 then a whole lot more, right? Like there's so many things that have to be triggering and firing and and all that to, to for a film to be a masterpiece as you say. And this is not that. This has a hand this these has yes, a couple of scenes are at a master more level. Than a but this whole film doesn't work altogether. It doesn't work, and I like the things that are weird. Do not get me wrong. Uh-huh. Part of part of what I love about Vertigo is Vertigo is a much weirder film yes. than I think people talk about. Vertigo is real weird, and and so is Notorious. And both of those mm-hmm. films, I, I I can I can I can kind of tolerate what he's working through there with his bullshit. But this is where it just goes over the top for me. And you know what? Really, where I got to the point where I was like, I'm done with you, uh-huh. is the horse scene. The horse scene kind of pissed me off. Why that scene specifically? I don't know. It felt it felt clunky. It felt it felt cheap. It it also I just don't like watching an animal suffering. It and I get that it's necessary for the narrative. And there are other films. I it's I can't be too I can't lean too hard on that because right. there are other films that I really like that that involve that that you know an animal suffering and or a depiction of it. Right, right, right. Um, no animals were injured, but you know what I mean. Um, and except on the craft services table. Wow. Um, Take that, well, meat eaters. There you go. But I just that, that's where it just kind of fell apart for me because it look it, the the I understand that that he's working of the in the era, but it looks so cheesy and so stupid. Well, I mean, it technologically perhaps his his ambitions exceeded the the limitations. For sure, of the time. I think that still matters. I think that still counts. Eh, I mean, look, there's practical effects across him. the board that work. I, we absolutely can hold that against him. There's practicals that work left and right. This looks. It just looks so cheap at times, this thing. Sure, but I'm willing to look past that because I find this narrative so engaging and bizarre and compelling and the the sort of interplay between Connery's predator and and Tippy Hedren's sort of very wounded, very, you know, strange kleptomaniac case herself to be really, really engaging. I, no. I, I don't find it boring at all. And I, I think Hitchcock's, you know, technique 
really, really keeps you captivated. I mean, you know, this is a guy who moved a camera and framed a shot kind of unlike anybody else yeah, ever did. Yeah, he does it a lot in a lot of films, and this one we don't need. I think that we pay attention mm, we to need this film. All of them. People embrace this film because it has his name on it. And if we looked at this with anybody else's name, we would just throw it in that little bin of, oh boy, that's a, that's a piece of its time that's really not stood the test of time, is a little bit messy, is a lot too long, and it's really kind of boring at times. Yeah. Now, I think it's even more engaging considered in the context of his entire uh. Disagree. I, I we just didn't have to disagree here. I guess we're going to have to, but I, I think this is. I mean, I haven't seen Frenzy from '72, sure. sure. which is a lot of people say is his last kind of really good movie. Um, but this is the latest great movie that I've seen of his so far. Disagree, hmm. Sam. I'm gonna. We're gonna let you weigh on. We're, we're definitely not seeing eye to eye on this one. What else is new? Yeah, we usually agree on on like <laughs> well, I'd say ninety nine percent of stuff. I think I feel like we do on some of the. I feel like we generally do on some of the great directors. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I think that's true. Okay, cool. Wait, uh, no, never mind, Brad. I can't hear myself. Oh no! <laughs> you don't need to hear I can yourself, hear them, Sam. But, yeah. As long as I'm recorded, I mean that's fine with me. Okay, cool. You can hear them? Yeah, I can hear them. If if you if if Sam were Taylor Swift right now doing a mic check, people would pay money for this, like lots and lots of money. That's true. But instead, well, it's Sam. You know, we've never tried monetizing <laughs> this, Sam, though. Not Taylor Swift. We don't know that people would not pay money to hear this true. from Sam. Yeah. That's true. My mom would probably be like, it. "I would," just to be supportive. You know, Aww. she's sweet. Well, thanks, Miss Morgan. Um, okay, so Marnie. Um, okay, the poster alone it says in a huge font, um, "Alfred Hitchcock's suspenseful sex mystery," which is just such an uncomfortable sentence to read. So um, Sam has not seen Marnie. The, correct. Um, I don't know. She feels like reading like Spielberg. It's Spielberg's steamiest flick yet, or something. I don't know. Right? Um, I mean, just look at Hitchcock's filmography. Um, I mean, you're kind of bound to have some duds with such an absurdly high amount of output. Because he has a lot of movies um, that aren't psycho. Um, and yeah, stealing the headline of the New Yorker's review, it's Marnie is the cure for Hitchcock mania. It's kind of the oh, thing that. I know. I read that shit. I read that piece. That's Thank Richard you. Brody working I through like his Richard own Brody. anti-Hitchcock You read thing. it with steam coming out of your ears. I have steam coming out of my ears right now only because you're bringing it up to support. I see where the, wind is, I my see where the wind is blowing I'm here. I'm going to email That's this to I'm Richard saying. Brody and be like, you're on, you got my back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so a million points to Rachel. Um, participation medal for Corey here. Yep. Yeah. Oh, good. I got <laughs> fucked. What else is new? <laughs> oh, wow. First time. <laughs> Show me that smile. Show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. By the way, that came on, I think, the playlist at Sidewalk or something oh my Lord. A, a few weeks ago. And Sam heard it and was like, or or I sang it when it came up because Chloe was talking about some, I think, some folks at her house watching, um, maybe Youth Board, uh-huh. watching that sitcom. That that's, that that's Yeah. But Sam had never heard the song. He's like, oh, that's what it's from, which I love. Yeah. Was it your rendition of the theme Sam, song I don't, I don't on the, I think on the so. playlist? Is it was nodding? you singing? I, it was a yeah. Nice. I'm recording of it. Yeah. 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 
the, the demo, like Boogie Night style, your self recorded demo with with um, John C. Riley just I nodding. Will. I wish next to Brad. People would pay money for that. I tried to book Corey Feldman for the for the festival, y'all, and I just want everybody who's listening to hear this, just to save you an email because I know everybody's probably right now thinking it's on my list to email Corey Feldman's agent to book him. He sings that damn cry little sister. And I don't know what else, but that's all you need. Yeah, but that's it all is I need. it is just just to get on the ground floor with Corey Feldman is fifteen k, so it's not happening. Wow, he's got Corey Feldman has a ten k appearance fee. I wish we could afford that. I really do. So it, you know what? If you're listening to this podcast and you're a Corey Feldman fan, or you just feel like you need to hear "Cry Little Sister" by Corey Feldman live, which who doesn't? Accompanied by the Angels, we please email me Rachel we, at SidewalkFest.com. We do we will, accept sponsorships. We will absolutely accept sponsorships. There's like six Angels that travel with them, but I think they all share a hotel room. Anyway, let's get to the show and tell aspect of this section of the right. podcast. Um, I have brought the Scarecrow book back. That's right. Let me, so, let me slide it over to you. So it's been a minute since we've done one of these. This is a massive tome, the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, uh, which was written and compiled by a staff of Scarecrow Video. Um, and it's a massive, massive, like, thousand-page book. No, nah, about 800-page book, but it's still enormous. Filled with all kinds of esoteric cinema. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to open to a random page in Random this book. page. Flip to it, and you're going to read us a title, and we're going <laughs> to... It was blank. I opened oh, to a awesome. blank page. Uh, so we're going to th- redo that. That's, um, that's a spin again. Uh, okay, and uh, oh Jesus, uh, the movie is uh, Bobby and Peter Farrelly's comedy Shallow Howl. Have you seen oh, Shallow Howl? I have Howl? seen Shallow Howl. I have to tell you, oh, I haven't no. seen. I know. Listen, I haven't seen Shallow Howl in um, twenty years, probably, and I remember feeling like it was mildly offensive, which means at this point in my life, I've had it. I've just had it. I've had it up to here. Yeah. With Hitchcock and all this bullshit. No, I've had it up to here with all kinds of things, and my level of, of you know of offense is like I'm, I'm I'm trigger happy with it. So I'd probably be deeply offended by it if I watched now. But I got to tell you, at the time, I was mildly offended, but I enjoyed it. So I just watched this movie fairly recently for the first time because in, in 2001 or 2002 when it came out, I was, you know, even though I was a teenager, I was yeah. like, no, 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 hard thank pass. You. Uh, yeah. will not be watching that. And now that I I'm like a- Jack Black, though. Sure, 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 sure. Like I, I was. I don't know if I was in on Jack Black at that point. I had probably seen High Fidelity though, so I was probably semi in on Jack Black. When you watch High Fidelity, you're either in or you're out. Yeah, you either like Jack Black and that, or you hate him, and that kind of translates to the rest of his life. I really loved High Fidelity, and of course, in 2003, Mm -hmm. after Shallow How. I would go all in on School of Rock, as many of us did. Have we argued School of Rock? No, but do you not like School of I Rock? I don't like School Fuck. of Rock. Sam? Oh, my goodness also, gracious. Also, I have something else to say. I like Jack Black in High Fidelity, but Cusack is terrible in it, and I think he's just the total um, total miss in that, and I would argue against High Fidelity, too. Well, I would haven't you, seen you... High Fidelity in 20 years. I do like the episodic, though. Yeah, I heard that was good. Um, anyway, to, at least we've got one it. for the for the yeah, books. We've got, okay, we've got School of Rock coming. School down of the Rock pipe, is kind I, of a, I think it's kind of a bummer. I think that you're wrong about that. Anyway, That's a I'll delight. have to revisit a bit too in that one on that one because I do again like Jack Black and I remember you know the song ah, that moment is really funny. Yeah, but other than that, I, I was like, eh, this feels cheesy. 
Anyway, we've landed on this. Do you like Shallow no, Hell? No, no. Okay, you don't. No. You don't. Okay. Uh, your instinct about this being... Um, highly offensive? I don't know if it's... I mean, again, I don't know highly because it's... it's is this hard. Paltrow? Yeah. Oh, it, shit. It's hard is in the right place, and I put right place in quotes because it's ostensibly right. This, this you know, kind of sappy, like... Hey, you should judge people by the quality of their character, not right, their outward right. appearance thing. Um, and you know, Jack Black being the looker that he is. Yeah, he's the he is, and and that is a joke in the movie. Is, like, why is, do you yeah. have such ridiculous standards when you look like Jack Black? Uh, and Jason Alexander, of course, is his equally sort of misogynistic friend, always and, playing the troll. And Jason Alexander is almost literally playing a troll in Shallow Hell. Like they they give <laughs> he's him basically the same character from Pretty Woman. Yeah, they give him more. He's ready like, to rape. Business. Ready hashtag ready to rape. So, oh my god! I mean, that is Jason Alexander. That's just the look of that guy. He well, knows it. He yeah, embraces it. I mean, that's, that was George Costanza kind of leaned into that. <laughs> and God bless him. I love George Costanza. Anyway, Shallow Hell's bad. Um, there's not as much of, of Gwyneth Paltrow in the fat suit as I expected. That is not like, a, it's a lot of her though. Right? It's a lot of Gwyneth Paltrow looking like Gwyneth looking Paltrow, like Gwyneth who Gwyneth we're Paltrow. supposed to be like smoking hot, but it's and then like Paltrow. the joke is she sits in chairs and they collapse and yep. Jack Black is like, what's wrong with chairs these days? Cause he's not seeing the character as an enormous you know, lady is as she's supposed to be. This Even film though, got this film got funded, dude. I know. Um, it's it it goes on like that, and then of course results in this sort of pat. You know. Oh, I still love you, even though you you. Spoiler alert, everybody! Look like someone <laughs> who would presumably otherwise be unworthy of love, or whatever. I mean, it is a wildly kind of let's say, misguided attempt sure. at delivering a message of, of tolerance, um, which is true of a lot of the Farrelly movies for me. Like Green Book, God Help Us, is kind of also that in a way. Like its heart is in the right place, but it takes the the weirdest and kind of most tone-deaf way of delivering a message. Yeah. And, and much like Green Book was a massive crowd pleaser, a lot of their other right. movies have been right. massive crowd pleasers. I don't know that Shallow Hal has like... It's a popular little film. I remember that. Yeah, maybe so. I, I don't know what the, the fan base of Shallow Hal is out there. But look, I mean, I, I, I am not fully out on the Farrelly brothers. I think um, Dumb and Dumber and Kingpin and There's Something About Mary in particular are all really strong comedies. And then after that, it's a little patchy. But well, what know. does the book say about it? Anything the good? What says, is this? Is the book recommending it? I can't. This is an interesting one to land on in the a scarecrow book. of black and the Farrelly brothers seemed like a dream come true until did, did it, it turned out to be a lame fat suit movie. Um, black is a sexist jerk who, during an elevator encounter with Anthony Robbins, I love seeing Anthony spelled out there. Uh, he does meet with Tony Robbins, who gives yeah, it who Z like Robbins. Uh, Scarecrow quote, being quirky in there. Yeah, he he um, he life coaches uh, Black into hypnosis, um, and in parentheses next to Anthony Robbins it says "long story," and it is uh, gets hypnotized to see only a person's inner beauty. Uh, soon after, he falls in love with the charming Rosemary, who is skinny little Paltrow to him and his 300-pound Paltrow in a fat suit to everyone else. I think this was genuinely intended as a counter to fat joke movies like the Eddie Murphy version of The Nutty Professor. Fair enough. That's another movie that I think has its heart in the right place but would probably not play 
now. Canceled for at all. so that checks a lot of boxes yeah, of cancellation. I think so. Uh, it's all about not judging people by their looks in the usual fat movie scenes like chairs breaking are treated as tragic humiliations, not jokes. Not sure I agree with that. Uh, most of the humor comes from Black's misunderstanding. Uh, I'm not going to read this. Um, okay, I'll read it. Uh, during a love scene, he watches skinny little Paltrow pull off a giant pair of panties. That's what I didn't want to read. And says, <laughs> Did you not want to say the word panty? Not particularly. Yeah. Um, I don't want anybody to put my voice on a soundboard saying panties. Um, and says, get over here, Houdini. I don't understand that joke. Um, <laughs> but if fat women... See, the, there's big panties. She's little. Yeah. So, yeah, Houdini. Got it. Now we've both said panties. I hope we don't need a panty jar anytime soon. Please, no. Yeah, no more more jars. Um, But if, and this is the key, but if fat women are okay, then why does the fat woman protagonist have to be a special effect? And then the next part is the real kicker. More important, shouldn't a comedy have more jokes in it? And I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Anyway, Shallow Hal, kind of a dud. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess it does have its fans, but but no, I'm not one of them. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you, another Farrelly Brothers movie that I did also watch for the first time recently, um, that it does not have any sort of sappy social message whatsoever, and that I didn't think was good, but did have quite a few hearty laughs, uh, was Me, Myself, and Irene with Jim Carrey. Oh, no. Because he fucking cuts loose in that movie. It is not good in the conventional sense, but, but Jim Carrey has three sons in the movie no, who are, no, who are giant black no. men and who are all geniuses, but they talk in like, you know, like, like black teenagers of, of the nineties. And, and this it is, is funny. It every time made okay. me laugh really fucking hard. Okay. I'm a simple person though. Um, what can I say? But the fact that they're just like talking about like, advanced physics and chemistry um and they are like each like a foot and a half taller than jim carrey and calling him daddy and stuff i just thought it was really funny oh man um Uh, i don't know why i don't even know what what to do with that really but i'm glad you enjoyed that yeah that part of the the movie and you managed to land on one of the most mainstream films in the scarecrow book it would almost have guess so yeah uh anyway we'll 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 revisit the sucker again because there's only you know 844 pages left to go or whatever. That's but right. We'll, we'll be back to it. And there's there's some always some interesting suggestions, except for this one, perhaps. So in summation, Shallow How, 10 out of 10, both strongly recommended. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic Rose Montoya and the White House. Um, did this happen while I was out of the country? What are we talking about here? I think it might have. Well, something happened while you're out of the country here in Birmingham called Pride Week. That's true. And, uh, and it's Pride Month, so it's happening everywhere. Everybody's got a different schedule. It's a whole darn month now? Yeah, that's right. We took a whole month. Oh, my goodness. We took it from you. We took it from you. I've only got 11 other months out of the year. Nobody nobody can be straight (laughs) in the month of June. It's not allowed. And if I catch any of you mofos at Chick-fil-A, you're getting it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, yes, this is a trans woman who, this is my understanding, at uh-huh. least. If I'm saying something wrong, y'all go ahead and cancel me because, you know, my community, we're touchy. We're touchy folks, okay? So this trans woman lifted, took her shirt off. 
Oh, at the White at House? At the White House on the lawn during a Pride event. Oh. And uh, and the White House has said, no way, no day. You cannot have boobs on the White House lawn, and uh, you're not invited back. And, you know, they spoke out against. I mean, I, I think you can have them. You just got to keep them kind of tucked tucked away. No, right? you're not even allowed to have them. Oh, no I'll boobs. Check That's the why rules. Hillary didn't win. Oh, shit. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yep. That's an unfortunate uh, requirement. <laughs> we need to look into repealing that. Have that you seems not heard? Exclusionary, no, no to say the least. No one in power positions can have boobs. So, yeah. So, I, you know, are you going to be the White House or are you, are you going to be Rose? I feel like in the spirit of, uh, you know, Pride Month, I, I, I got to be the White House, right? And see. No, I think you want, I, I would rather, I'd actually be the rather, rather be the White House here. What? What's going on I know. On here? Isn't this crazy? I actually think no boobs at the White House. I mean, let me rephrase that because I don't actually think that. <laughs> I think it should be all boobs at the White House. I think all these men need to pack their shit and get the fuck out. But I think but that everybody the boobs should be shouldn't shirts. be out. I think that shirts should cover boobs at the White House. I am I'm just a conservative with a stick up my ass right now, but I just have to agree with the White House on this one, which I never thought I would say. I never thought you would say that either. <laughs> all right. I'll Where be- do you fall? Do you think boobs should be out at the White House? You know, like like seventy five percent of me is like, eh, I don't know. There's probably a better time um, <laughs> and, and place for it, this. Well, yeah, it was bright daylight. It wasn't like it wasn't like Biden said. You know what we're doing tonight? We're getting out the glow sticks. And Silent the rave, y'all. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. put on headphones. Right. It wasn't like there was a DJ there. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't a club, y'all. It was bright ass daylight, and it was a you know a, a semi professional moment i think i don't i'll say it this way and boy oh boy i'm this is not a political podcast and i'm about to get killed you know if, if i if you but have I'm an attorney it. present they might say you don't stop have to right say here anything. i don't have to say anything i don't i think that you know i think it this is the way to say it i think that there is a certain population in this country uh-huh. that that doing that just gives them fodder to run with sure I and hear so you. i think you know and that's an argument that can be had is like well we shouldn't care about them and they you know but i think that i f- i think it might be in our best interest to you know not do things that are just going to feed directly into the hands of the folks who want the live laugh lesbian shirts pulled from tra- target sure sure i i, I understand that the the twenty five percent of me that is that is kind of like on board with this is also the twenty five percent of me that's just like, yeah, but fuck all these institutions. I mean, they I don't mean it. anything. I hear. Look, there's something awesome about uh, about boobs being out on the White House lawn. If that happened, I'm not I'm not suggesting there's not. You know, just as if I mean, I'd almost be more in support if somebody pulled their pants down and mooned the White House, though. I just you know that probably happened when Nixon was in the in the White House, right? It might have. Here's what it kind of reminds me of, though. This is where I'm kind of going with it. Okay. Like a, an ass is more of a middle finger. I worked with a girl at, and yeah, I know. I, y'all love my stories. I work with a young woman in advertising and whenever somebody would make popcorn, she would complain. And I finally asked, I mean, just like every time somebody made popcorn in the kitchen that was right by our shared office, she would, you know, all, oh my God, damn it. But, and I finally said to her, what is up? Do you hate the popcorn smell that bad? And she, it took her a while, but what I was able to, to drill down into is that she hated the smell of popcorn because the smell of popcorn is the smell of fun. And we were at work and work was not fun and it was fucking with her head uh-huh. that the smell of fun was happening while at two o'clock in the afternoon when we had a full fucking day ahead of us right boobs are fun they shouldn't be on the white house lawn out and bouncing 
I, I mean, I will say I don't think anybody <laughs> has ever me flashed their breasts at me, and I've taken it as like a personal affront. Nobody's ever done that. I've been like, how dare you? <laughs> put, no, put those away. Um, that, yeah, fair enough. It's too, it's too, boobs on the White House lawn is too fun for this country to handle. Put the boobs up on the White House lawn. Everywhere else, we're good. Wow. Um, I don't know how to sum up <laughs> all of that. <laughs> this is our most political episode. It really ever. is. We're really hard hitting. Poli- like we're gonna, we're, we might get hired by CNN because this is about the level of conversation that's happening on any of these news channels right now. Boom! By the way. Roasted. Take that, CNN. <laughs> um, all right. Well, oh, thank you to our sponsors. Oh, we don't have any. I wonder why. Well, you know, not uh, podcast at sidewalkfest.com. <laughs> we we will be professional and read your ad or we'll plug your product in a professional manner. Here's the threat. Uh-huh. We'll quit talking about dicks and boobs and balls well, if you will sponsor on. us. Let's let's walk <laughs> that promise back a little bit. We'll cut down on it. I don't know if we'll stop completely. The dick jar didn't come out at all this episode. By I the said way. Well, until just then. Yeah, I yeah, said yeah. what's up, ding dongs at the beginning. Okay. Um, oh, true. Yeah. That so. does. Yeah, that does get a dick jar. That's right. I, I'm trying to pretend like it doesn't happen, and so that just encourages it. I think. And oh. at this point, I'm asking Brad to put the dick jar up when you say that. Anyway, sidewalkfest.com or at Sidewalk Film on social media where you can see, you know, the serious stuff that this organization does. We program a cinema and show a lot of fun movies there. They a lot of them have boobs in them. Some some of them do. And Most of them are in shirts, but no, some of them no, aren't. I oftentimes will program Okay, but most. Let's most. Most. Of the, most of the time the boobs are in shirts, yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. Or animated. Yeah. In cartoons. Yeah. But, that um, wasn't meant to be like a weird thing. Let us know what you think. Should <laughs> boobs at the White House podcast at sidewalkfest.com. Thanks to Boutwell Studios. Um, come to the 25th annual Sidewalk Film Festival in August, which is going to be a real fun time. We're smack in the middle of programming that sucker, and I know that we've got a lot of fun stuff already lined up and fun stuff in the works. And some great movies that you're going to be able to see the last week of August in downtown Birmingham. You can get passes right now at SidewalkFest.com. And you're going to want to do it because uh, prices for those passes are going to go up in price as the summer continues. So get your passes now. They're as low as they are going to be at this moment. Don't wait. You'll regret waiting because you're not going to want to miss out on our 25th annual extravaganza. And boy, are we going crazy for to, to celebrate this 25th year. Uh, uh, so, yeah, any, anything else you want to say? I'm done. Any other strongly held I've political s- positions said, you want to? I've said a lot um, on this episode. How do you feel about Palestine? You could go ahead and voice that opinion while we're at it. Now, there's a topic I <laughs> yeah, won't let's, touch. Let's, let's just jump into it. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Uh, so, please, please. Um, all right, so that's it for this podcast. We're just going to stop talking on advice of counsel. Goodbye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.